Hello, hello, and welcome to another Two Network Match Report with me, Adam. It's finished at St James's Park. It's finished at Newcastle United nil, Crystal Palace one. <laughs> Milivojevic penalty. As cliched as that sounds, the difference between the two sides. It was a very controversial and very open game today. Um, I thought it was um, a much more accomplished performance from Newcastle, despite the defeat. Uh, rather undeserved defeat, but um, you know we'll talk through that in a minute. But a lot of surprises to see that you know, despite Rafa Benitez talking up John Joe Shelby uh, pre-match, um, he didn't get the start that many had sort of hoped for. But Key was given the uh, the nod ahead of um, ahead of Shelby in light of uh, Diarmi's injury. Um, Dummett was fit enough to play as well. He was the other concern. It was largely, as you would expect, the, th the three amigos up front, um, who actually, you know, after a sort of a tentative five ten minutes start by Newcastle, we really started to to dominate and pose ourselves on Crystal Palace, and we had an absolutely brilliant first half. Has to be said, I thought Almiron probably had his best game since his full debut against Huddersfield, um, which seems like a lifetime ago now. He was he was he was um, getting stuck in. He was using his body well. He was using his pace well. He was linking up well with um, with Richie down that left hand side. Uh, maybe Richie <laughs> saw some of the uh, the comments about um, why he wasn't passing to Almiron, but there was um, there was definite urgency about our play in the attacking third. There was excellent hold up play from Rondon, who's just he continues to be a warrior. He continues to battle, and he and he. He's such a, a vital part of our system, and he did not disappoint today. You might have thought, well, you know, he had a couple of ch chances at goal, a couple of snapshots, but do you know what it is? For we had, we created so many chances. The first half, we had eleven shots, for example, four on target to Crystal Palace's one shot, and none on target. Um, that obviously discounts the disallowed goal, but we'll get on the disallowed goals in a minute. But you know. After we'd sort of seen it, we seemed very, very lacklustre, um, you know, in, in, in the last game at, at, at the Emirates. It really wasn't, we didn't do ourselves justice, I don't think, in that fixture. So, you know, a lot of people were hoping, myself included, that we'd come to back to St. James's Park, where we'd been on such a terrific run. And let's not forget, you know, the fact that we'd won sort of five on the bounce. We have had a good, um, you know, we have had a good record against Crystal Palace of, of, of recent years as well. So, you know, last season was the the Marino flicked header in the in the eighty seventh minute, I believe, um, that sort of settled the teams. And actually, that that victory was probably slightly undeserving in a way. So maybe this this sort of undeserved victory, I'll, I'd say, um, it sounds like sour grapes, but you know, anyone who was there, anyone who watches the highlights, will probably say that. Crystal Palace were probably lucky to get out of that with any with any points at all, let alone three. But we, you know, we we, we just couldn't finish the chances. We, but you, it, it's difficult because we created we created so many chances. There was some lovely one touch football, some lovely movement, fluidity in attack. We just we created a lot of chances, and it was just one of those where it was odd. It was I can't even. I can't even fault the attackers because we were doing everything right. It was just one of those where it didn't. It just didn't bounce right for us, or it was on somebody's wrong foot, or there was a block from a defender. Count, countless of those. So the four shots on target we had in the first half from the eleven shots, you know, there would have been a further three or four that were just blocked shots that ended up going out for a corner. And the crowd were getting really behind the team, and it was fantastic. It, it was the performance that I, I, I'd hoped for, and you know, 
Miggy reminding us why we've paid £21 million for him. He was absolutely excellent using his pace, getting into dangerous areas, and, you know, they they really, really panicked every time he got the ball and drove at them. Like, he's so direct, and you, you felt like he was, he'd was had his mojo back a bit, and he was, he was really relishing being out there, back on home soil, and doing his thing, and being able to show everyone what a player he is, and I thought Richie was outstanding as well. Hayden... One of probably our best player in the first half. For all for all that attacking prowess that we showed and displayed, Hayden was winning that midfield battle, and I thought, and pretty much for most of the game, and, and, and I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He was everywhere, but he was tidy, he was reliable, and he was athletic, and just intelligent. He's a very very intelligent player, and he doesn't get he doesn't lose his head. Um, in, pre, in early in the season, he's lost his head, got sent off at Cardiff, didn't he? But he in this game when we needed it you know this is why he's he's, he's ahead of everyone else obviously Diame and um, Longstaff are injured but but Hayden is absolutely there on merit and it'll be very very sad to see him go at the end of the season because he's becoming a very crucial player in the system um, Key next to him was, was getting stuck in um, a couple of nice sprayed passes maybe didn't fully have his eye in but he was winning some important headers as well and Palace, you know, for all you know, you know they've got, you know, their own sort of front three in in, in Townsend and Zahar and Habachuai, who's who's an absolutely quality striker. But even when you know Bachuai went off and Benteke came on in the second half, they never, they never, those strikers never looked life threatening. And you know. The incident that led to the penalty, a counter-attack, which was sort of completely against the run of play. I think it was Yedlin that overcommitted himself. And Zahar went down, and this is what happens. And it, it was it was a you know, it should have been a penalty, it was a penalty. And Milovojevic, as I've said, is has just scored his tenth penalty of the season, which is just insane. The amount of penalties that Crystal Palace have, have, have scored it's, this season has just been absolutely otherworldly. But I mean, the probability goes up when you have players like Zaha who are quick and tricky and tricky and close control and spend a lot of time in the box when they have the ball. Almiron's pretty much the only player that we've got on our side who could possibly be that. But the way that we play, um, he doesn't spend that much time in our box. He's not a, an out-and-out centre-forward. You know, Zaha give, is given licence to roam with Crystal Palace. But if we just look um, in terms of like Crystal Palace's... Let's try and do some quick maths on this. So Crystal Palace has scored 39 goals this season. So a quarter, slightly over a quarter of Crystal Palace's goals this season have come from the penalty spot via... Milo, um, <laughs> I can't even say it now, Milivojevic. So that, I mean, that... It was an accident waiting to happen, wasn't it? But we didn't. We didn't finish. We didn't close out the game. But again, like I say, we had we had chances where Palace were just throwing bodies in the way. It, it was on Rondon's wrong foot. He was tearing it off for somebody else. We tried to be too clever here and there. Richie, you know, had a shot. It was blasted out. It was deflected over for you know by somebody's head. I think it was Tompkins. You had Lejeune who had a, a header in the second half that was straight at the goalkeeper. You had Almiron chesting it down for Yedlin, who then fired. You just thought it was going to be smashed top corner like a. Like an Andy Griffin special, but it, it, it wasn't to be. 
we did play really, really well. It's really annoying that we've come out of that. And and look, this isn't. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. This isn't this isn't a critical defeat. I know that you know safety hasn't been mathematically guaranteed yet, but we are going to pick up points between now and the end of the season. As it stands, we are still seven points clear of the relegation zone. Cardiff City have two crunch games away next, away to Burnley, which is going to be absolutely massive. They'll both be fighting for their lives, and then away to Brighton. So they're two, they're two very, very difficult places to go, the Turf Moor and the Amex, for, for Cardiff to come out. And, you know, if they win those two games, then that pulls Burnley back down as well. So it's not critical. I don't think... I don't, you know, we might make a draw at Leicester, it's going to be a big ask, but I think Southampton at home, as we needed to last year, if we, if we win that, we're, we're, we're home and dry. And I think if we play against Southampton, like we did against Palace today, we'll be alright. We played well and I don't want a defeat, a 1-0 defeat. It was a bit like Brighton. Um, I believe it was at Brighton earlier this season, where we completely dominated, completely dominated, but we lost. 1-0. Completely against them to play. Undeserved, but we just kind of had ourselves to blame for that. I still, like I say, there's very little more that we could have done today. We just we just didn't get that look, that, that rub of the green. We had a goal disallowed in the first half, um, and it seemed to be rightly so because there was no um, protestation from any of the Newcastle players. Rondon, who was the man who was judged to be offside. And then the big one was Tompkins. So in, in the first half, there was a, a corner came out, and let's let's be clear: the corner was won after Jose Perez got away from his man, MacArthur, I believe it was. He was fouled. Lineman didn't give it. Ref didn't give it, and they won a corner straight away. That would have been ridiculously unjust. It, there was a few very very strange decisions decisions from the referee today. Um, more about Crystal Palace in a bit, but the corner came in. Tompkins sort of like. Hit past, um, it went through sort of Dubravka, and all you can imagine. I haven't seen any replays of this. You can only assume that there was an there was a Crystal Palace player offside, standing in front of Dubravka, and therefore impeding, impairing his his sight of the of the shot, and therefore Crystal Palace gaining advantage. But he made that call, the referee, almost without the ref, uh, the, the, you know, the, the linesman. So he made a lot of odd calls but if he's got that one right fair play because that was a very very crucial and difficult decision to make especially under the circumstances but it was a corner one unjustly from from crystal palace and it wasn't the first time that there was sort of a, a bit of injustice um when it came to you know crystal palace and so in the first half palace player went down batchuai um palace had possession they didn't kick it out there was a couple of opportunities they had to kick it out and they didn't. Then it came, then we won the ball from fair and square. And then we were passing it around and passing it towards right back. And then suddenly, that was when the Palace players decided that it was not okay that the ball was still in play and that we should be the team to kick it out of play so Batshuayi could get treatment. The referee didn't regard it a free kick. There was absolutely no obligation for Newcastle United at that point to relinquish possession, stop momentum. And put the ball out of play. We did so because guess what? We're decent fucking human beings. Crystal Palace, when they had possession, didn't do that for their own teammate. 
I don't understand the goal of them to then bleat about morality that we were we were being unsportsman by not putting the ball out. No, you lose that right to say that when you don't do it for your own teammate. So they did it, and guess what? There was nothing wrong with Batshuayi. He hobbled off a bit, gave a smile to the East Stand. You know, he knew what he was doing. And we, you know, that doesn't say we fell for it. That's, that's you know, that, that, there's a cone of conduct. The referee can't legislate, you know, he, he can't, he, the referee's not empowered to make that decision about, you know, sportsman-like behaviour. That's down to the individual players. So for them to do that, I, I, that, that, that's cheating in my view. And I think that was absolutely disgusting to see. But, you know, if it happens, if it's a one-off, forgive them. It's, it's a one-off. Um, maybe a misunderstanding, maybe somebody didn't see whatever, whatever it was. But they were the ones who elected to play on, not Newcastle United. Then in the second half, obviously an absolute gutting moment for, for Newcastle fans and for Florian Lejeune, who's our best defender and he's already had a couple of very serious injuries since coming. He's done his, um, I think he did his ACL on his, on his right knee and... Um, I believe he did his hamstring as well, possibly. He might have got that wrong, but um, it, whatever the form, you know, he was out for a couple of months from the start of the summer as well. <clears throat> but I was right next to this this challenge, and he got ahead of. He sort of tackled Townsend from around the back. It wasn't he didn't go through him or anything. It was a fair challenge. Referee didn't give a, a free kick. Got in like nicked in ahead of. And as he sort of slinked in to get it in front, of, his body in front of Townsend, his knees twisted awfully. It's his left knee this time, so it's not the same knee. But he knew immediately that he needed to come off, and he before he was down, he was he was doing the sub, you know, the, the motion motion for for being substituted, and he was screaming into the floor. It was awful. It was absolutely horrible to watch. He was screaming, and you just think that's that sounds like his season done. And you just hope, well, 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 we're in a fortunate position that we have players. In defence that can take his place, Dummett there, we've got Fernandez, we've got Kieran Clark, so we, we have backup fortunately, but given that he is one of our better players in the entire team, it's a huge blow and I'm absolutely devastated for, for Florian because he's, he's a consummate professional, he, he always performs well and he's, he always gives in high quality performances and I'm, I'm genuinely devastated for him and I really, really hope it's not as bad as it sounded and it looked because it was sort of innocuous in a way. It wasn't Townsend's fault at all. There's a few people shouting at Townsend but it wasn't, it's, it wasn't. It was innocuous. It, it could have been anybody, you know. It wasn't a foul by either player. So that was unfortunate but obviously the ball went out of play having him gone down with a what could be a, a, a cruciate ligament injury on his knee. So... Richie came over to the referee and Townsend and they sort of spoke about Richie was like you give it back to me I'll play it back to you your goalkeeper as you would as common decency would would dictate uh, that that's just that's the kind of respectful thing that you would do um, FIFA fair play you think about Rondon the other day um, kicking the ball out when we're on an attack because um, there's a defender down who'd been sort of maybe kicked it, I think against Everton or, or, or I can't remember who it was but it was a player who had gone down possibly with a head injury and he was the, he kicked the ball out even though he was in an attacking position because he, he sensed the danger and how, you know you look at Paolo Di Canio catching the ball and the goalkeeper's down you know, these these incidents of, of, of fair play and sportsmanship that need to be applauded and commended and you know 
But given what happened in the first half where Crystal Palace players tried to take the more high ground with Newcastle not kicking it out despite not doing it themselves, it was it was it seemed to me visually that it was agreed that you know Wan Bissaka would throw it throw it to Richie, Richie would pass it back to their goalkeeper, and then play would continue. Because they gained an advantage from the player going down and getting a really nasty serious injury that's ended his game and probably his season. But no. Juan Basaka takes an attacking throw-in in which then Crystal Palace get a corner from, eventually. In which they could have scored. So that's two unjust corners that they've, that they've got. One the referee's fault and the second one their fault. Now, why aren't the senior players at Crystal Palace telling Juan Basaka, give it to Richie, so he can pass it back because that is the sportsman thing to do. What it did was was shown a, a huge lack of disrespect, and what it did show is that it's, it wasn't a one-off. The first one in the first half, it wasn't a misunderstanding. This is a culture at Crystal Palace, a complete flagrant disregard for sportsmanship, and I, and I just think that's disgusting. I think that's that's absolutely abhorrent, and nobody seemed to, seemed to suggest that it, there was anything wrong with that. If it, was, if it was one of our team, you'd have Richie screaming in somebody's face to say, you should have given that back. And indeed, Richie was having a word with the, the linesman, just saying, why? He was pointing to Wan Bissaka, saying, why didn't you give me the ball back? And the linesman was just having a joke, like, you know, probably saying there wasn't much I could do about it. But I, I think that's absolutely disgusting. And I hope, I hope it gets flagged up in the media. It probably won't. But that's, that's two occasions. And for me, that's not, a, that's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. That's just how, what they are. That's what they're like. And, the, and I thought the referee, away from that, was poor in that he allowed Crystal Palace to fly in with challenges and tackles because he didn't punish them with enough yellow cards. I think Crystal Palace ended up having two yellow cards in the end. We had one. But they kicked ten tons of shite out of us. It was constant fouling as well. And he didn't give it. So when you don't punish these tackles that, you know, after one or two, fine, but then when it's five, six... When it's five, six, seven, you've got to think. Well, come on, you've got to get. And it, you know, in terms of fouls committed, we were quite even. But I think there's a difference between committing a foul and there's a difference between mm, that oh, could be a yellow. That then there was a lot more of that from Crystal Palace defenders, especially with like Almiron's pace, for example. So I, I have absolutely no time for the lack of respect from Crystal Palace players. I have no time for the referee not disciplining players properly either because I think that set a really poor precedent and a, and a, and a nasty tone and, a, and you know basically gave them the green light to just to go in with some nasty challenges. There was a there was a studs up tackle on key that was what didn't wasn't even given a foul. And you you heard you heard it. You heard the impact against his shin. Like we're not making it up. And, it, you know, this isn't why we lost the game, either of those things. But they need to be brought up and they need to be brought to attention because it's that's bollocks. You can't do that. That's not in the name of the sport. It's not what the referee... And I didn't recognise the referee today, so I'm imagining he's just uh, he's recently up from the championship and clearly doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I thought the referee got the penalty call right. Yedlin was well out of position and getting back in and... That's just what Zaha does, isn't it? And uh, Dubravka nowhere near the penalty and just a sucker punch. Absolute sucker punch. Um, but I can't be too devastated because we did play well and I'd like to see us play like that again. As I said, 
in, in the next home game against Southampton, which is a very, very winnable game. And that, given that they're below us, would definitely, absolutely, absolutely cement survival. I don't think we're going down either way. I don't think the day's crucial in that respect. But it's just a bit annoying, isn't it? And a bit unjust. But you get some like that. You get some like that. And I'm sure the, the universe balances itself out, the Premier League universe. But yeah, one of those games, very frustrating. Um, and, an, and an injury that we could, we probably could have done without again for one of our better defenders. But we'll, we have backup. We'll, we'll muddle through. But really, really good to see Almiron with his mojo back. And I'll, I'll probably give him man of the match because I just thought it's so important that he settles well and we, what we shouldn't really do is apply any sort of expectations to him he needs to settle in a new continent and a new league and a new city and a new team new tactics a new manager there's a lot for him to do there's a lot of weight in his shoulders it's not his fault that he's the most expensive player that we, he shouldn't be the most expensive player that we bought he shouldn't be we should have bought five players costing £30 million already <clears throat> if, we'd have, if we'd have gone with current trends, but we haven't. It's not his fault of the lack of investment. He shouldn't have to be carrying this burden. Had he been one of three or four £20 million players that we'd bought last summer, for example, not even waiting until January, then you know the burden would have been shared, wouldn't it? But the fact that we buy free transfers, the fact that we get loans in, the fact that we get re release clauses done means that somebody comes in for real money and all the scrutiny is on him and I don't think that's fair but I thought he really showed his class today and he really showed impact and there was a difference there and I thought he, probably for the first time since that Huddersfield game I think he, he performed better than Jose Perez which hasn't been the case recently, Perez has been performing better Rondon fantastic, Richie really good Shelby did not have the impact I hoped he would coming on but he hasn't had game time and he's rusty. <clears throat> That's just what's going to happen. He's a confidence player. He, When he gets a run in the side, Shelby, he, we all know what he can do on his on his day, but he didn't show that today. Um, but granted, he, he didn't really have long to show it. But hopefully, if he gets another chance, he can take it. But it's, it'll be very, very interesting to see the comings and goings during the summer. But that's a, that's a video for another time. I've been Adam of the Two Network. Please subscribe if you haven't already um, and get your alerts for all of my videos, every match report after every le uh, league game. And if you listen to it on audio, please give me a um, rating and just, yeah, get your comments below on YouTube. I like to interact with people and, as you know, and just really grateful for your support. Not to beat a day, but um, we play like that again, we'll be all right. I've been Adam of the Two Network. Bye-zee-bye. Bye.